Hey everyone, it's Michael. Thank you again for listening to another episode in the Dana Life of Augie. Hey, in this episode, I interviewed Evangelist Robert again, and this time we talked about just why people fall away from God or why people backslide. And we just really uh, just had a conversation. And I feel like as we kept talking, it just got better and better. And so I would encourage you guys, I know this is a long episode, but I would encourage you guys to try and listen to the whole thing. You know, Evangelist Robert really talked about some great things and I was super excited. Even as I was interviewing him, I was just getting so much. And so I really think y'all will enjoy this. Please share it. Um, when you get the chance, follow us on social media, uh, subscribe to our YouTube and podcast, and uh, there's going to be more stuff coming. Sorry for the, the delayed posts, but y'all will enjoy this. This is Day in the Life of Augie. Thank you. Augie. It's a day in the life of Augie. Yeah, yeah. It's a day in the life of Augie. Hey, what's up, everybody? Buddy, you're listening to another episode in the day in the life of Augie. And hey guys, I'm just having such a great time this season. I'm doing these interviews and uh I'm just uh I had Evangelist Robert on earlier um when we did the series of how to have a relationship with God and it was just so great. I thought I'd just bring him back and we're gonna chop it up again today. We're gonna talk about um you know why people backslide, or in other words, why people fall away from God. You know, I, I've had a lot of people in my life that, you know, we grew up in church and we all grew up in the same, you know, going to Bible camps and stuff like that. But, you know, now I'm older and I can tell not everyone is where they were at when we were younger. And I was just wondering why, you know, why does that happen or does it have to happen? And is there, is there anything that we can do to, you know, prevent that from happening as much? And so uh, I have Evangelist Robert here. He's gonna. I'm just gonna pick his brain a little bit and uh, see what he has to say about this. So, uh, everyone, welcome, Evangelist Robert. Hey, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so yeah, Evangelist Robert. You know, I know you see a lot of stuff, and you yeah. know, you've been around the block. Like, what is it about people? You know, what is it that makes people fall away or backslide? Like, why yeah. does that happen? You know. Yeah, well, you know, I think we all know people that that's happened to, and we can kind of look at people and think, well, they, it seems like they used to be closer to Jesus, or they used to have a relationship with God, and now they really don't, or, um, you know, we see people in that condition, and all of us kind of think, man, I don't want to end up like that. Um, when we talk about backsliding, I think a major reason why a lot of people backslide is because they never made a decision to front slide. <laughs> I mean, when you think about right. it, like, you, I think the, the key to... Um, continuing in the Christian life and really going strong uh, for the Lord is you got to have a vision for your relationship with God. In other words, you got to have a vision that I'm going to be a man of God or I'm going to be a woman of God. I'm going to love God with all my heart. I'm going to walk in spiritual power. And you got to keep that before you. It's like, that's my, that's what I want for my life. Um, I'm putting God first. I'm walking with God and nothing is going to get in the way of that. Um, Jesus talked about in the parable of the sower, he talked about how people fall away because the desire for other things creeps in. And those two words, other things, you know, other things can get in the way of our relationship with God. And, um, I think keeping that primary focus, having a vision, somebody said, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit the target every time. And so I think, I feel like a lot of people, 
Um, was that like Zig Ziglar or something? I think I think Zig Ziglar. <laughs> I, I think he said that. Leave it to him to say something like that. But I think I think a lot of people don't really have much of a vision. Like they don't have the 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 confidence or the faith to believe that they can walk in spiritual power or they can go all in with Jesus. But that's just really key. Um, having that vision. Yeah, like I'm, I mean, we were talking before we got on. You were saying how like, you know, if people if people see like their pastor and they just see like, man, he's really uh, has a great relationship with God. I can't, I don't even think I can obtain that. You know, you feel like you're unworthy. You can't even reach that. You're going to just give up. Like you said, but if we know, you know, we see someone and see like someone that has a great relationship with God, we shouldn't just think that, you know, we can't reach that. We should desire to as look at that as like a goal to reach, you know, yeah. and not yeah. give up. Yeah, totally. Like you should think, man, that's on the menu. Like that's for me. Like if God did it for them, he can do it for me. And maybe if, if you, you know, for example, like your pastor, like you said, you may not even feel like, well, I'm called to preach. I mean, most people are not going to be called to be a pastor or whatever. Um, but for me, like when I first got saved and this is before I knew that God had called me to ministry or anything, but I just, I started coming around a church. It was a church, um, in Alabama that I was living at the time, uh, my wife grew up going to church there. And so I got saved um, going to that church as a pastor named George Sawyer. And man, he's awesome. I mean, he was walking in spiritual power. I could tell that, man, God had really touched this guy's life. He was full of the Holy Ghost and he was full of faith. And there was just that dynamic. And to me, that was contagious. To me, that was like an invitation for me to come up higher. So for me, I didn't take that as like, well, he's in this one. Even even though I thought, well, maybe I'll never walk in the level of spiritual power that he's walking in. I want to, um, to me, that that was an invitation that there's more and I can come up higher and I can I can go all in with Jesus. And right. so maybe my life doesn't have to look exactly like that guy's life. But to me, I'm like, man, there's more and there's more I can lay hold of. And so I think that, um, you, you know, get a vision for your own life. If you haven't done that already, make the decision, man, I'm going all in with Jesus. I'm going all in. You know, Jonathan Edwards, when he was like 19 or 20, he wrote his resolutions and they're, they're pretty like pretty intense. Uh, the first resolution that Jonathan Edwards, who was just like a preacher back in the day, but his first resolution was, I'm going to serve God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then the second resolution was if nobody else does, I still will. So you got to have that kind of determination. Like, like I, I don't really care um, about anything else. God is number one. I'm going all in. Um, I'm going all in with the Lord. And so, you know, I think about that. I think about that guy. I think about how I started. I really got a passion for the word because I got discipled by a guy who was just all about the word. I mean, like literally he would just rattle off scripture. He, he could tell you what the Bible says about anything. And I just thought, man, that's awesome. And so that gave me a passion for the word. Um, you know, my, my first pastor gave me like this desire, a vision for my life to like live by faith like he did and walk in, walk in spiritual power like he did. And then the guy that discipled me gave me a vision like, man, I can, I can live in the word. Like I can know the word and I can actually have that kind of relationship with God through the word that way. So, so there were different people in my life, I feel like, that really gave me a vision for like going all in. And I made that decision early on. Like I'm not going to see um, how you know, what kind of compromise I can live in and, and still call myself a Christian. I'm not going to see. And I feel like a lot of people, it's like they, they come to Jesus and like, that's it. Like they feel like that moment of salvation is like the end. And if I prayed the prayer, I'm good with God. That's the end. When actually it's just, it's just the beginning. It's the beginning, wow. you know? So it's, it's like an invitation for more. Yeah. And so I think you have to have that vision. Like I'm going all in with Jesus. Yeah. I, I was thinking, you know, um, in the, in the last episode, we kind of, 
you know, hit on what to do after you get saved, you know, the basics, read your Bible, go to church, prayer. And I mean, that's kind of what Evangelist Robert was just hitting on is like, he, he had a vision and he saw people that was in the word or that was at church, you know, yeah. and obviously those are just the foundational things of keeping your relationship with God and, and, and not falling away. That's like the practical, you know, every goal of a believer is to make heaven, you know, that should be like the end goal of every Christian, you know, and so um, obviously we're in the end times and Jesus talked about the end times in a long time for um, in Matthew 24. And and towards the end, he said, those who endure until the end shall be saved. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how are we going to endure until the end? Like, you know, we don't want to we don't want to start off good and end bad. Some people, they feel bad. Like they're like, man, I got saved so late. I wish I could have I wish I could have done got saved earlier, you know, avoided all this stuff. You know, what would, would you rather have started great and finished bad? Or would you rather have started maybe later, but then you finish strong, you know? And so we're just talking about finishing strong. And so I'm going to let Evangelist Robert talk more, but this is, we're in the end times, man. And if we see, the Bible says in 2 Peter, when we see the day of the Lord approaching, how much more, you know, should we live godly and holy lives? And um, we're just going to continue to talk about this, but it's like, yeah, man, I, I I hate to see people that once had that fire, you know, let it burn out, Yeah, you know, and so, um, you know, obviously, like Avengers Robert was saying, having a vision is just a, this is a step one of, you know, like if you don't have a target, you can't hit it. Right, you, know, right. you don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the that's 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 the crazy thing about like falling away or however you want to word it. Um, growing cold, becoming lukewarm, backsliding, whatever you want to say, is you don't really have to do anything to get there. Like all you have to do is just go with the flow. And so kind of like you're talking about, it's the end times. This is this is the last days. And here we are. And this is, we're seeing things now in the world that are like, it's actually happening. Now, you know, it's one thing to talk about like, oh, in the last days, you know, the, the Bible says these are the signs and this is what people are going to be like. But we're actually literally increasingly more and more not only in the world but in the church we're seeing people that are just have lost their minds have have no sense of godliness or or holy fear or anything like that we're seeing it happen so really all you have to do to fall away is go with the flow and hebrews 2 talks about not drifting it talks about like let's pay more careful attention to what we've heard lest we drift so you kind of think about like if you've ever been at the beach and um you have your little stuff. Maybe you have like an umbrella out there or you have your towels. You know, you know kind of where your stuff is at. Maybe your hotel is on the beach and you're like, okay, this is, you kind of keep an idea. Like, here's where I'm at. But then all of a sudden you get out in the water and you're just having a good time, hanging out, whatever, splashing around or whatever you like to do, uh, getting on your boogie board or whatever. You know, I don't know what you do. But all of a sudden you've been out there 20 minutes or whatever and you're just hanging out in the water and you look over at the beach and you're like, wait, where's my stuff at? Like, where's my umbrella? Where's my towel? Where's my little sandcastle bucket or whatever? You know, where's my hotel at? Where's any of this stuff at? And you look and you're like, what? I'm way down the beach. I'm like 200 feet from where I was. Well, what happened? All you had to do was just go with the flow. You're just out there enjoying life, having a good time. And the natural course of the water kind of takes you over there. So the the Bible says there's a spirit of antichrist in the world. And so that's going to naturally put you against the flow of, of what God wants to do. It kind of goes against... Walking with God. So it's just natural. The world, the flesh, the devil, that whole progression of things, man, it kind of just takes you away. So we need to 
pay more careful attention. I think there's certain things we can do. Right. You know, like I think in Matthew 24, he talks about how the hearts of many will grow cold. And like you were saying, it's it. I don't think backsliding happens overnight. You know, it's like yeah. a slow and steady leak. Yeah. Like you were saying, like one day, one minute you're in the shore. Next thing you know, you're out yeah. in the deep, in the deep water. And yeah. you didn't even realize it, right. you know, like, so it, you know, you, you don't, most people don't remember the exact time that they go to sleep. Yeah. It just like, they just drift into sleep. Yeah, kind of they can off. tell you when they, when they wake up, but when they go to sleep, they don't remember because it happens gradually and just like, yeah. And so sometimes we can, we can gradually, we not even realizing that we're falling away from God until it's like too late. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? that. So that's why, like Evangelist Robert said, it's about you know, you're naturally going to drift. If you just go with the flow, you're just going to, the world is every the antichrist spirit is just going to push you toward, you know, away from God. And so these things that we're talking about, whether it's reading the Bible, you know, community prayer, just any, the things that we're doing is to help guard our heart and keep us aligned, keep us fighting against that spirit. That's constantly coming against us every day, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's that's kind of like if I could just give a basic outline for like how to keep going in your relationship with God or how to keep it. I would say there's there's just kind of this big picture of guarding your heart. This big picture of like I said of you could call it like front sliding. Like I'm going all in for Jesus. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm going all in. I've made up my mind. He's first in my life. Everything I do is so. So if you do that you know, that makes a lot of other decisions for you that if you, if you decide to go all in with God, that makes a lot of like daily decisions for you. So that simplifies things. But then there's, you know, there's weekly and daily habits of a believer that we should, we should be in these kind of habits that kind of maintain our relationship. Like I, I stood there and made a commitment to my wife when we got married you know, but there's also things I do to maintain that relationship. And even through the toughest times, I mean, yeah, we live in the last days, we live in a crazy time, but for like using the marriage example, well, I do things to kind of, you know, try to keep, keep the fire alive in my marriage, you know? So like, so, so let, let me give you an example. Um, cause you may be in a season of life right now where you're like, Oh man, I'm trying to juggle so many things. Maybe you're in school or maybe you're like, you know, wh- wherever you're at, you feel like, man, I don't, I, it's really hard for me to just keep God number one. Well, you know, big picture, make that decision that you're going to keep him number one. But then using the marriage example, you know, me and my wife, like when I was in Bible college, I worked at this warehouse and right up the street, there was like this video arcade. And uh, so I would meet my wife on uh, my lunch break. I got an hour for lunch and we go over there and like play video games together at the arcade, you know, as like a way to, to go on a date. Because we at nighttime we were either doing church stuff. I was in Bible college. We had other stuff happening, um, and so it really wasn't you know. And so while that wasn't like roses and a steak dinner, I mean it wasn't the most romantic thing out there. It kept our connection. It kept us connected. Just doing something fun together, you know, kept us connected. Um, just a way of just doing something, you know, whatever to, to connect. So I think there are things you can do right now um, in your relationship with God. Like you brought up, okay, like church. So. You know, it says in Hebrews 10, um, it says this, and let us consider Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting or encouraging one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So, so much more 
as you see the day approaching. What day is that? That's the day of the Lord. That's that's Jesus coming back. That's actually the return of Christ. So as we see that, as the signs are here, like the Matthew 24 signs of his appearing, like, man, Jesus could come back at any moment. We're in the last days. We're getting more and more of that sense. We shouldn't back off from, from meeting together, and we shouldn't back off and, and let ourselves grow cold. We should actually be stirring one another up more. And so like community, church, that's huge. That's huge to actually stay on fire for God and to actually stay the course and to actually, because, you know, if I go off by myself somewhere, you know, I, I can be led astray by a lot of things. Right. And it really actually takes some humility to admit, you know, you may think like, well, I can go hang out with whoever. They're not going to influence me. No, that's actually not the way that works. It takes humility to understand, you know, I need, I need brothers and sisters around me. I need people that are going the same direction. You know, and that's what community is about. That's what church is about. So in that same chapter, Hebrews 10, it says, meet together, encourage one another more and more as you see the day approaching. In the same chapter, that's the one where it says, we are not those who draw back to perdition, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. So, you know, it's kind of a group effort. Hebrews 3, it also says, take care that there be, uh, there, there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so you see, it's kind of this group project. It's a group effort to really keep the faith and, and keep going and maintain the course. And so we need each other. That's probably the most important thing. I, I think, is I, being yeah, I was going to say that that's not, if it wasn't for like having godly friends, you, there's no way you can make it in this life, like yeah, for, sure. for Christ, you know what I'm saying? There's I mean, obviously, we keep talking about that scripture, bad company corrupts good character, yeah. but it's a fact. I feel like the main thing that you have to do once you decide to follow Christ is you might have to cut off some friends, you know, yeah. and, and people are worried about that because they're like, I don't want to be, you know, a loner, but the Lord will always replace your friends, yeah. you know, and obviously the good place to find godly friends is at church and yeah. community. And so like man like community is everything if you want to make it and stick to stay the course yeah. the right community is everything yeah, like for sure. seriously yeah go go walk with people who are going in the same direction as you you know walk together with other people that are also following the Lord. And, and that's not even just in like your relationship with god that's like in, in anything whatever you want you know, you got to surround yourself around people that, you know, if you want to be successful, if you want to be, have, uh, you know, financially successful, you want to be around people that if you want to have a good marriage, you want to be around people that have good marriages, everything that you want, you need to be around. So likewise, if you want a good relationship with God, you should be around people that have a good relationship with God. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think especially, you know, in the, in the last days, like you talked about, there's such a crazy influence in the world right now. I mean, think about how much society has changed just like in the last five years or the last 10 years. I mean, the things that, that people think and the people's worldview, the way they approach the world and what they think about like humanity and like just every issue of life, man, people have lost their minds. You know, I mean, people are genuinely crazy. You know, I mean, you got like just all, I mean, it's just, we could give a list. I mean, I could go on, you know, on and on, but, um, but man, pe people have lost it. So, you know, we don't want to be deceived. We don't want to be, the worst thing about being deceived is that you're deceived, you know? And so that's where people are at. That's what, that's what makes it deceptive. People are deceived. 
And so there's a spirit of deception, spirit of antichrist going around in the world. But when you actually get around God's people, there's actually kind of a corporate like renewing of the mind that comes together because you're walking in the same direction, you know. Right. Yeah. I think that also, um, you know, sometimes we need to be encouraged, you know, obviously. Yeah. And, and just being around other brothers and sisters, it just sometimes you might be feeling down or whatever. But that encouragement yeah. from the Lord through a brother or sister in Christ, like it, it was it just like sets it'll change everything oh yeah for sure like i think about times in my life where i've just been ready to give up i mean like literally in, in ministry or just whatever um man life life can get discouraging stuff can come at you from from every direction and it's in those moments you actually need to, i mean i can't tell you how many times i've gotten like a word in season from someone or i've been thinking um you know been ready to go to like some conference or like church service or something and thinking like, man, I swear I need a word from God so bad. And then I get it, you know, from somebody that's just happens to be there. And it's like, God orchestrates that in your life. And then just walking in victory. Like why I feel like a lot of people are like living their relationship with God. They're living at the lowest level. I mean, Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and life more abundantly life to the full overflowing life. We should have an overflowing, overcoming life. But so many people are like living at the lowest level and not taking Jesus up on his offer for an abundant life. And so Um, they're thinking like, they're like feeling like I thought there was more to this and they're not really experiencing the fullness of the relationship because they haven't really gone all in. Yeah, totally. They're like missing out. And I think even so, so. If you're living at that lowest level, I want you to know, you know, there's hope. There's hope for you. You can come up higher and you can get around other people that are that are living on a higher level. You can come up higher. You can live an abundant life. Second um, Timothy two twenty two says, flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, love, faith and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So, you know, if you're living at that lowest level and you're thinking like, man, well, I got saved, but I'm just kind of, you're just hanging out at that lower level. I'm telling you, man, getting around God's people, um, getting around people that are walking in a greater degree of spiritual power than you are, that's huge. Right. And I was just thinking, it's not even just about not hanging out with sinners and obviously that's a given honestly it's even about hanging out with people that might be lukewarm or not even fully pursuing christ that can affect you too you know so you want to be around people that are genuinely on fire you know especially if you've been saved for a long time like you probably have some friends that are kind of like uh lukewarmish but everyone you know whenever you meet someone that's freshly saved it's like a whole different level yeah. of fire. And you're, it always encourages me when I see people and hang around people that just got saved. I'm like, man, like, like this is how it was supposed yeah. to be. Like, obviously, we, there's always a tendency to kind of like level off. and But it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed yeah. to be fiery all the time. You yeah. Know? yeah, you get to kind of relive it, like relive that first love experience for yourself where everything's new and everything's awesome. I mean, it's kind of like the Bible talks about being born again. So when you're like a newborn spiritually, everything's new, you know? Why do babies walk around with like a look of amazement on their face, like drooling and just staring at everything all wide-eyed and stuff? Because everything's new. It's like they've never seen it before. So when you're born again, you're like freshly born again, everything's amazing. Wow, the Bible's amazing. Church is amazing. I've never heard this before. This is a, So everything, you have the sense of wonder. But you actually kind of get to get that like secondhand when you get around other people that are on fire because they just got saved and you, know, you get to kind of relive it. Yeah. So being around each other, it's like those people actually do something for you. Right. And you don't even realize. Right. That, exactly. You know what they're doing. So it's awesome. yeah, that's amazing. I'm thinking of another thing, you know, 
I feel like obviously if you're stagnant, you're going, you're just going to, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. In other right. words, like we were talking about earlier, you can naturally, if you just do nothing, you're just going to naturally drift in the wrong direction. And I'm just thinking like, you know, one thing that I've noticed in my relationship when I feel like I'm getting stagnant is because I'm not like pressing forward. Like maybe I'm not stepping out soul winning or yeah. stepping out of my comfort zone for Christ or whatever. And so like, one thing is, you know, if you feel like your relationship is stagnant or you're, you know, you're kind of feeling dry, step out and maybe go talk yeah. to someone about your testimony or step out or go soul win, you know, and trust me, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to have to get that fire back right. to be able to be effective doing that, you know, but I noticed that when you just start pouring out, yeah. it just rekindles something in you to where you just, you come, your relationship becomes fresh again. Yeah, definitely. You know? yeah it makes you come alive. I mean, it makes you feel like when you put yourself in a place where you need the Holy Spirit, then you experience the Holy Spirit. When you, you know, and you reap what you sow, when you, if you feel like you're not experiencing enough Jesus, give him away and then you'll experience him. I mean, it's just like we tell people with finances, you know, hey, look, my finances aren't going good. Well, are you tithing? Are you giving? Because when you give, then you'll get back. And so it's like your relationship with Jesus. You get that new sense of wonder. When you give it away, you give away what you have and you get more coming back. You know? Wow. Wow. That, that's amazing. Yeah. So obviously I think of like David and Bathsheba, you know, he, the reason why he fell into that sin is because he was, he was kind of taking a break from war. You know, he was, he, yeah. when everyone went out, he was chilling and then he fell into some trouble. So like when you become stagnant, it's kind of like you're getting in dangerous territory. Yeah. You know, I'm also thinking about, um, you know, uh, what I was going to say, I forgot, but anyways, I was going to say something, but I forgot. It'll come back to me. Yeah, it'll come back. So I, I think about a lot about um, when we talk about like that whole big picture of like, I've made the decision. I'm going all in with Jesus. I'm going to, that's really a commitment um, of like keeping your heart right before God. And Proverbs 4.23, like I talked about, when, when, you, when your heart is right with God, it kind of makes a lot of your decisions. So big picture is I want to keep my heart right with God. Well, that's going to make a lot of your daily decisions for you. What you watch, who you hang out with, where you go, what you spend your time doing. You know, how, I mean, really, it's going to inform a lot of things. Um, A.W. Tozer said that um, when your heart is right with God, it's uh, a, th a thousand problems are solved all at once, I think is the way he said that. And so, you know, me and Frankie, um, when we moved into a house together we did it right she was living in a house and then we got married and then i moved in so you know i had just gotten saved like two months before that or whatever and she just moved into a house so it was just natural i just moved into the house with her so it was this brand new house she loved it it was a great house and it had this the backyard was like immaculate like it was amazing it was a, it was a gar it was filled with, you know, there were all, I don't even know the words for the, a trellis with vines all over it. And there was, you know, like a Japanese maple tree. There was a little, um, so it was very, it was like a, a garden. The whole backyard was like a garden. It was beautiful. I mean, it literally could have like been in a, a magazine or something. I mean, it was like a perfect looking backyard. There was a garden. The whole thing was like a garden. And Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. One translation says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So it's kind of this, this picture of like your heart is like a garden. You've got to tend to it. You've got to, you've got to guard it. You've got to watch over it. So what happened is the first year we were just enjoying this garden. Oh, man, it's such an awesome backyard. We could go sit on, sit in the, uh, on the deck in the back and just kind of chill and, and look at how beautiful this garden. There's butterflies, everybody, you know, just chilling. The backyard is beautiful, but 
then a winter happened and then spring came and we didn't realize you actually have to tend to the garden. Like you you don't just like inherit a garden and then do nothing with it. You actually have to do something with it. So the people that had it before us understood this is, there's things you do once a year to really maintain the garden. There's things you do um, once a week that maintain the garden. And I mean, they were keeping that garden so nice. There's probably things they did every day. So you think about that, like, like you're a believer, you know, um, if you're really going to maintain your relationship with God, you need to do things. Maybe once a year, you should go to a revival meetings and you should just take some time just saturating in the presence of God. And definitely every week you should be coming to church at least once a week and being in a small group and that kind of stuff. And then every day there are things that you can do to maintain the garden, to, to, to pull out weeds and sow seeds in the garden. And that's like keeping your heart. Is, is like that. It's like gardening. So every day I'm going to want to put some of the seed of the word of God in my life. And I'm going to want to pull some things out that don't need to be there. Attitudes, mindsets. Oh man, I kind of let this, this thought get out of hand. I'm keeping, I'm keeping my heart right. Wow. You know, that's, that's, that's blessing me right now for real. Cause it, it made me remember what I was going to say, but cause you know how yeah. in uh, I think a song of Solomon, it says it's the little foxes yeah. that spoiled the vine. I never thought the vine, it could be part of a garden, you know, the little yeah. foxes that spoil the vine. And so like those little sins, any sin that you have can affect your heart. Like you said, above all is guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. When yeah. you have sin, it affects your heart you know, and, and just like your mindset and all that. And so obviously cutting sin out, yeah, it, you know, cause it says the little foxes that spoil the vine. So there might be that one thing that you don't think is that bad, but really it's affecting you and it's yeah. slowly causing you to drift. But like you said, when we have to tend to our, the garden of our heart per se, every day, every month and every year, every, you know, I think that's such an amazing picture. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. When you think about it, it's kind of like the, the condition of, of the ground of your heart is going to, is going to determine, you know, everything else. So you, then you think about like, what, what is it going to, what is it going to look like? If I'm walking with the Lord, if I'm like close with the Lord, then I'm going to be sensitive to those things daily. I'm going to know daily. You know, if I say something um, to somebody that I was, I was harsh or I, whatever, I'm going to come back. If I'm, if I'm walking with the Lord, I'm going to come back and do what Jesus said and say, hey, listen, forgive me. Let's be reconciled. But if I've, if I've fallen away from the Lord and I've, I've grown cold, you know, the fact that I'm, I, I'm just saying like, well, they, you know, they can figure it out, whatever. And I'm going to let the relationship go like that and not actually take care of it and do the right thing and, and actually keep those kind of things, um, you know, take those things seriously. Maintain that sensitivity with the Lord. Those are kind of signs that I'm, I'm growing cold. And I really need to actually tend the garden or I need to come back, you know, to, to a place where I'm more sensitive, you know, to the things of God. And so I think basically, if I can just sum it up, man, like, like big picture, keep your heart right with God, make a decision. Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to have a heart that's all in for God. And then, you know, there are going to be things that I do weekly, like going to church. There are going to be things that I do daily, reading the Bible, praying, you know, and I want to do all of that stuff in the, in the context of community to where, I, to where I'm with other people. So I think in the last days, uh, here we are. I think there are things that we can do um, that, that can actually have an impact on our relationship with God and can keep us going, keep us running the running the race. You know? Amen. Wow. That dude, that blessed me, bro. The garden, the garden analogy, dude, that, that's blessing me. Hey, Evangelist Robert, thank you. Like, what could, I want to have you pray for people because yeah. maybe there's someone listening. They're like, they they actually feel like they're backslidden right, right now. They feel like, man, like this is really speaking to me. I really, maybe you just realized, you're backslidden. Yeah. Like what y'all are talking about is talking about me. You know, 
I want you to pray for them that, you know, that they'll come back, that the Lord will rekindle that fire and that they'll be able to keep that fire burning. If there's someone listening that maybe they're not backslidden, but they can tell they're not like where they there should be. I'm just going to pray for that fire to be rekindled today. And um, we'll just have you pray and then we'll just close it out. Yeah. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice right now that's hearing this. I pray that they wouldn't harden their hearts. Your word says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And today they've heard your voice. I pray for every single person that's listening, that you would touch them with your power right now. Lord, let this be a day of repentance and mercy. Let this be an invitation to come back. Let it be an invitation to put themselves in that that place where they're just all in with you. And let them have no condemnation over their life. Let there be no condemnation. Let there be no shame. Let there be nothing in them that says, I've gone too far. I've, I've messed up. I can't come back. I come against that in the name of Jesus. Let, let their hearts be tender. Let their hearts be open to you. Let them start off. It's a new day and they can come off on a new course today and start again with you. Or let, let them come back to you. Let it be a day of, of just coming back to your presence. Would you touch him with your presence right now? Touch him with your fire. Let your Holy Spirit come and minister life to them right now. Let them live an abundant life, a life of overcoming, a life of conquering in this world. And let them have an assurance that it's a new day for them. It's a new day for them. It's a day of mercy. It's a day of uh, all things being made new and that you'd set them off on a new course and let there be testimonies that come out of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, glorious, glorious. Evangelist Robert. Look, where can uh, people find you if they enjoyed what they heard today? Like, where can they come check you out, man? Yeah, uh, our website, cityrevivalnola.com. And uh, you kind of have access to everything we're doing there. You can kind of check us out there. Uh, Social media, you can go to Instagram, at cityrevivalnola, um, or Facebook, the same. And so you you can find us there. But I'd say our website is a great place to start. We have a podcast, a City Revival Podcast. And again, you can just, you can find a link to that on our website, so. Amen. The evangelist Robert shaking the New Orleans French Quarter for the glory. There's going to be a, a a revival that starts at the Bay of the Mississippi, and we're just we're just uh, getting ready for it, and it's actually already here. So, uh, evangelist Robert, thank you so much, man. Love you, man. Thank you. you too. All right, y'all have a good one. This is a day in the life of Augie. Thank you for listening. It's a day in the life of Augie.